From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Three-day weekends suck. I hate them. But I like to work. I like to earn. And I don't want anything for nothing. Anything. My whole life was like that. I'm from a long lineage. Proud Americans, really. Grandfather worked seven days a week until he couldn't figure out where he worked, and he lived on top of where he worked. Literally worked till the dementia t- took away all of his life. He had no idea. Work every day, seven days a week. We have uh, the new UAW demands right after Labor Day, where American communists claim credit for working. That's funny. Let me give you a little tip into what they want. United Auto Worker Union wants 46% pay increase. They only want to work 32 hours a week, but they want to be paid for 40 hours a week. At which point I say, why not? Doesn't matter anyway. Cars are junks, absolutely failed, and they're all taking bribes to turn over to electric vehicles. And by the way, turns out electric vehicles are $7 more expensive to drive for 100 miles than gas cars. Oh, it's true. And that's now. Now with the forced economy. And that's what we're really watching. Never before in American history, and I've been watching presidents since one of the greatest lying swindler bastards was president by the name of Richard Nixon. May he burn in hell for the EPA alone. In the meantime, never before in American history has somebody this corrupt, this obviously incompetent, ever been president, ever been a governor, ever been a mayor of a small town. We have the absolute evidence that Joe Robinette, my socks are wet, Biden, is an asset of the Chinese Communist Party, and Ihor Kolomoisky, who was just arrested on Saturday. But don't worry, something tells me the American Democrats can spring him. Because they're the, they're the ones that sprang him the first time. He was the one that was under investigation before. What's this idiot's name with this t-shirt? What's the idiot's name in Ukraine, squirrel? Zelensky, the actor, the comedian, was president. He was his pimp. And Zelensky... You know what he was. He was his Kamala Harris. Oh, it's true. And he still is. In fact, it looks like Ihor Kolomoisky, which is a name I don't think many people have heard if you don't listen to this show. Ihor Kolomoisky was an oligarch from the KGB years, way back when it was all the Soviet Union. He was a big, fat, slob, corrupt whore. And him and Putin always fought, always argued. They always had an argument. And that's what we're involved with. Now, the entire country's GDP... The entire country, $153 billion. We've given the country the GDP would be the equivalent to somebody giving us $23 trillion. We've given it to them, the entire GDP. And this fat slob stole at least $500 million that the courts can find and trace as he, like Joe Biden, tried to launder it through LLCs and uh, the, the Bank of Cyprus. I think Joe Biden has an offshore bank account, too. Turning to Ukraine now, where a push to rein in corruption has led to the arrest of one of the country's top oligarchs. He's being held in custody for two months on suspicion of fraud and money laundering. Dominic Vlaitis is following this story for us from London. 
Yeah, morning, Natalie. Well, he's now being held in custody for two months uh, on suspicion of money laundering and fraud. Specifically, it's alleged he uh, transferred around $14 million out of Ukraine over a seven-year period using banks that he controlled. It's 500 million, but who's counting? In the meantime, he'd be a great American Democrat. Because like Joe Biden, this fat slob never worked a day in his miserable life. Never worked a day. And just like Joe Biden, he takes credits for entire industries and millions of jobs. America's support for union is higher today than any time in nearly 60 years. No, 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 no. This American support for the organized syndicate, the labor mafia of municipal unions has never been lower, but they've never been stronger because you always were their asset. Back in 1972, when you had your own face and your own hair, you didn't have that dead man hair sewn to your head and you could make your expressions and your socks weren't always wet. Way back then, you were always an asset to the labor extortion mafias. And I'm continuing to call on Congress to fully and finally pass the Protect the Right to Organize, the PRO Act. Which makes nope. Now what this is, this means if a union fat ass business agent can get out of his roadmaster, if he's got Vaseline on his love handles and they could slip him through the door and he walks into your business and says, hey, how you guys like to be union organized? Now the business has to put up a complaint within 60 days or that shop's a union shop. It's an easier to Too many companies are still playing unfair trying to prevent organization. Yeah, trying to keep your fat-ass mafia out of their business so they can make money. You know, like the UAW used to, or the, the American Motor Companies used to before the UAW infiltrated it and now destroyed it. And now it doesn't exist. It only exists on government subsidies. And that's just one industry. You've pretty much done it to all industries. But there was something he said about pensions. Now, all of us hardworking people, you know how we retire? We retire on the return of investment of the money we put away. We call Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group, and guys like Tom Fortino, we make our investments, we structure our retirement, or our company does. And if it's a good company, they match, or they match when they make money, or whatever the case is. But we only, only, us Americans, only can retire on what we've done with our lives. But these organized mafias, no, 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 no. They retire on how many years they voted Democrat. And that's really the crux of what we saw when this idiot took to the podium and spewed his communist Marxist nonsense and made it seem like America welcomes this labor extortion mafia. When the fact of the matter is every city, every county, every state that is bankrupt all have one thing in common. They have these La Cosa Nostra agreements. The other states that people run to where the property taxes are low, you know, based on the value of the asset and the life is good and the work gets done, they don't have that agreement. But when there's a mafia member in control of the country, this is the kind of propaganda you'll hear from time to time. In the last guy said your pensions were at risk. We helped save millions of pensions with your help. Now, how did they help save the pensions? Not because of the strength of our economy. In fact, our economy is so subsidized, so funded, it would fall apart without continuing omnibus bills that are now the norm. Trillions and trillions and trillions. And you're used to it now because there's a Democrat in office. You're used to the corruption. Are you getting used to the lies? When the last guy was here, he looked at the world from Park Avenue. I look at it from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I look at it from Claymont, Delaware. You know, mafia towns. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. Are you willing to sell out? 
Has that ideology of fat-ass political gangsters, has that taken over the country? I mean, how many, how many Chicago's can you have? How many Cicero's? How many Berwins? How many of it can you have? Because I'm from Melrose Park, and I'll be the first to tell you, the best guys in the world. Yet when it comes time, what do they do? Democrat. Because they knew it was better to be Mike Madigan's biatch than it was his adversary. It was better to be in on this scam than it was to be against it. But that's only if you got money. And how much money are you willing to sell out your country? Because what we have now is the absolute bastardization of every principle that this country became the youngest and the richest on. And what you have now is the philosophy that bankrupts all of those neighborhoods I just told you about. Bankrupts the once great city of Chicago. Turns it into an embarrassment. An insane facade of what it once was. And now we have normal chaos where you think you had a good weekend because 60 people weren't shot. Residents on this block say the vehicle break-ins in this area have become a near-daily occurrence. One alderman tells us police have increased patrols, but these crimes continue to happen. On this South Loop block, not one, not two, but half a dozen or more vehicles left. Like Venezuela, because we, like those third world hellholes, pay people on their government corruption. We pay them to be unemployed, to be scumbags, to be illiterate, and we pay them even better. If they can get in the labor extortion mafia. Oh, the bill's named after one of the greatest leaders in labor I've ever worked with, Rich Trumpka. And guess what? We're going to get it passed. Now, you remember who Rich Trumpka was, don't you, Squirrel? He's the one who used to sit next to Michelle Obama and make her uncomfortable. He's 450 pounds of absolute government corruption and political mafia union organization. May he burn in hell. He recently died. Uh, I think it was just due to his body gave out carrying around all that fat and stupidity and corruption. However, he wasn't the greatest at anything except the most obvious politically corrupt mafia member this country ever tolerated. But you know what kept him? Sitting next to Michelle Obama, squirrel, the billions and billions and billions of money laundering schemes, of taking the honest workers and extorting the future. So that in order to get those jobs and get that cushy deal, you had to kick up like every other organized crime. Come hell or high water. And folks, my plan for the country is to make the economy work for people like you, because when it works for people like you, it works for everybody. Like I said... In my first two years, I've created nearly 13.5 million jobs. More jobs in two years than any president has created in a four-year term. See, and what the idiots that cheer him. Presidents create zero jobs. Nothing. He's never created one job. And we could go through the data, but the data doesn't matter. People who vote for him aren't interested in the truth. They're interested in the scam. And why wouldn't you be? When now, if you're in this mafia... You get a 46% pay increase. You want to work, you want to get paid for 40 hours, but you're only going to work 32. You get every other fracking day off for every other phony holiday, and then you hit the ghetto lottery. The good old union disability. And how do you get that? You pretend you fell off a pallet and you never work a day in your miserable life. And that's what it'll look like as we continue to pay people to be sloths but Democrats. And that's how you take the philosophy that destroyed Chicago, where now the crime statistic is like a third world state, where 5% of the kids can read. And the fatter you are, the more connected you are, the richer you are.
just like Venezuela. And in the meantime, what does it matter when you can get every step and fetch propaganda to spin your tail of bull dung? thing that we ultimately stand for is a stable, effective supply of energy to the global markets so that we can, in fact, deliver relief to consumers at the pump and also uh, that we do this in a way that is consistent with the energy transition over time. So what the CIA, Jake Sullivan, is talking to you about, don't get nervous about the $55 billion to build EV, EV stations around the country. Don't get nervous. We're still going to keep up with gas. But what no one has told me, no one, who owns the EV stations? Who owns them? See, they're not created because of demand. They're created to entice demand of their phony cars made by the UAW lazy Gatsangul, where they do absolutely nothing. Half of the, more than half of the cars put together by AI anyway, thank God, which means the quality might be better. However, the reality is, what is it really cost to run one of these cars electric vehicles are now costlier to charge than gasoline cars in many locations busting the myth and everybody who has a brain in their head realized it was a myth anyways that oh it's cheap to charge your electric car there are no rules people selling electricity can charge whatever they want as people start buying more electric cars it's not even close only a tiny percentage out there right as they do the people selling them electricity will start raising their rates Just like I said, in some areas, instead of charging you by the kilowatt hour, which would be fair, you get so much energy, so much money, right? They are charging by the minute you're plugged into the machine. You're there. They're charging you by the who's they? Who's they? Who owns the machines that are built with government money? You know, our money. See, I'm a taxpayer. You're a taxpayer. We're not a sloth. So who owns it? Who gets to make the rules? The government. What's the government good at? Money laundering schemes to oligarchs. Uh, his legal team says he will not post bail, which has been set at nearly $14 million, and that he plans to appeal the court's ruling. Uh- By the way, every Democrat supports an oligarch-run society, and every one of them doesn't want the American people to know who owns the EVs or who Ihor Kolomoisky is, because they long to be him. They're not repulsed by this corruption. They want that third world Ukrainian corruption. And that's why we're going to give them anything they need till the end of time. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Does Ukraine have a three-day weekend? If you're in the government, you don't really have to work. Would they fire another guy for stealing money? It's all right. They love it! American Democrats are so envious of that foreign corruption. Although, why would they be? You realize the kind of money we're talking about? They can't even say the dollar amount. I have told you since the beginning, as I told you about Ihor Kolomoisky, who you're now learning, the rest of the media can't avoid the information. Joel Robinette Biden and the crime family he represents called Biden Inc., We'll trace back to payments well over $100 million. Nancy, where did the money go? So it went from when you looked at it again without violating mm-hmm. uh, the confid- Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Confidentiality oath of your, your committee. Um, where did the money go from a foreign entity to 
members of the family? Like, what was the cycle? Different LLCs. So tell us. Yeah, they had they had layering. Layering is when you're in a racketeering scheme or a money laundering scheme, you create a bunch of LLCs. Money is shifted around. I want to know. I want to talk to the bookkeeper because this is a very complicated web of accounts and banking records. There's a reason why it was created in such a confusing and complicated manner because they were trying to hide the source of the funds and where the funds ultimately ended up. The money is in the accounts of Joe Biden's brother, his son. There are wives, ex-wives. There are grandchildren. Like, why does a very young grandchild have any reason to have almost seven figures in money from communist China in a bank account? Like, that because she's in the family, like the UAW. How you doing? Shirley Willowbrook. Hi. Um, yeah, went to Navy Pier yesterday, and upon entering, they have instructions for people who have electric vehicles not to park in the parking structure because the electric vehicles start on fire. Yeah, so we should come I up with one, Shirley. We'll call it the Zippo. Go ahead. Well, I don't know if they're having fires in that yes. parking structure. Come on. Or, um, you know, who instructed them? Um, it's like not to. But it was, you know, pretty scary. And I was just glad that, um, you know, we went, um, you know, to Buffett's, um, yeah. you know. Now, did you drive down I there? Watched. Did you get car checked? Did you get hit about the head, neck, breast, and chest area? Did they steal your phone? What happened? I, um, you know, drove down there, but um, I am, you know, pretty good at, uh, you know, concealing, yeah. um, you know, myself. You must have a non-stealable car. What do you got, like an old Chevy? I, um, you know, do have, um, it's like an older car. I've okay. kept because I used to work in, a, you know, Lincoln Park, so I oh, know what smart. goes on. Yeah. You don't want to drive a Jeep. Apparently it says rob me and only the gangbangers can see it. Thank you very much, Shirley. I appreciate it. They love the Jeeps. Big on the Jeeps, stealing them left, right, and center. Ross Oak Forest. Hi, Sean. Thanks, as always, for taking my call. We could talk for hours about why unions violate the principles of Americanism, but two that really make me mad. Number one is how against capitalism it is. Two is the violation of my freedom of speech through an alphabet soup organization called the NALRB, mm -hmm. in which every year I have to read pamphlets and memos and documents about things I can and can't say to union members, I can and can't say during contract negotiations, even if it's true. Um, and I, I, I just think true any, thing got nothing to do with it. You must be in you must be in a, in a public sector union because the reality is a private sector union. I really don't have much of a complaint with. You want to belong to a private sector union? Come with me. You've been on the job and read, and the rest of it, but they cannot exist without the guarantee of government corruption. And government is more than willing to pay, overpay for mediocrity. In fact, Ross, the numbers are in. It's in the Wall Street Journal today. Do you know how they used to talk about rural Internet? You know how that was like a big thing? The infrastructure bill. We're going to have rural Internet. Turns out in Nebraska, Ross, turns out that for Internet in uh, Nebraska, and specifically this area that has American Indians and, and, and rural Americans, $53,000 the American people are paying per house so that they can have high-speed Internet. Now you know why Comcast wouldn't go near that area. 
$53,000 per house. That's the government's idea of job creation. It's preposterous and ridiculous, Ross, and it cannot exist without the how you doing. And everybody knows it. And nobody represents that better than this half-ass, short-in-the-pants, butter-handed gangster who never worked a day in his life. Not a joke. Yeah, you are a joke. You are a joke. And what I love is the fact that this moron, this feeble fascist fraud, not only steeped in corruption, he's stumbling around and they'll vote him in again. Because the reality is I knew the answer to the question. More Americans would rather be in the corruption scam than push back against it. And that's how you know you're in a Democrat area. 312-642-5600. So, uh, how are you doing? Sean, now, 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Big fan. You know, what a disgraceful time in America to watch this war that everybody knows is a crook. Everybody knows what Joe Biden is. Now, granted, there's a percentage of Americans that tolerate that because they're scum themselves. But the reality is very simple. To, to listen to these kind of lies, it's disgusting that he gets away with it. It's disgusting that it's not illegal. The name with what we've done, unlike the last president, in my first two years, all this stuff, guess what? I cut the deficit $1.7 trillion. Now, granted, he has dementia and he can only remember certain taglines. No joke. It's no joke. Don't jump. Stupid son of a dog that he always was lying rat bastard that he always was but what he's really done is the intentional bankrupting and the controlled demolition of our economy so he can backdoor nationalize it and 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 the people seem to be fine with that the people seem to be fine with that and they sit there and they cheer now i understand these are democrats so they're morons or they're in on the scam or they're paid to be that but um it's shocking to see how accepting they are as they become guinea pigs and poisoned we know, we know that these vaccines work, right? We know when people stay up to date with their vaccine, that works. Uh, and so- We're one of the only countries worldwide that's ignoring the massive detriment to health, to tranquility, to longevity, the unexplained deaths. We're totally ignoring it. I guess that's why you have a dementia crook as a president. Totally ignore the facts. Roger on the south side. Hey, brother. Hey, uh, I'm right along with you on that. I'll tell you, I'm about your age, and uh, I can count on two hands close personal people that I know that either work with or friends who mysteriously, yeah, we're at the ripe age to be getting sick from different things, heart, diabetes, all different stuff, and going on medication, but a lot of unexplained yeah, a lot lately, and in the last three years, a, a lot of guys and people, forty to fifty-five, you know, mysteriously going down. Doctor John Campbell that. in Europe, eighteen to twenty-four percent worldwide unexplained oh. deaths. That's a lot. Those soccer players, right? Those so- a, a bunch, bunch of European soccer players. Yeah, and you know it's and funny then, when uh, I hear a guy, a friend of mine that I knew and I haven't talked to in years, you hear he died suddenly you trace it back and it's either work forced them into it or the family peer pressured them into it and it all comes down to the v and i don't mean vagina go ahead and, and the second part of that i don't know i know if you're probably not seeing any of them in florida but here just in the last week here in chicago okay i had to go to well it wasn't for the charge i was on but i had to go to one of the courts buildings last week already these goofy states attorneys 
wearing the dog mask. I love okay. it. He, he, I'd say, listen, a good 20, 30% uh, the few days that I make it to the gym to work, get some of the bourbon out of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. And then they're, wear, they're wearing the full dog mask now. It's like the BDSM. Is that is that like the chains and whip thing? Do I Roger, I love it. It's like, a, it's like a badge for morons. Put your mask on, moron. Let everybody know you're a Democrat. I think it's fantastic. Not to mention I find the vast majority, not all, some are attractive, but uh, the vast majority of them are repulsive. Take a look at Jan Schakowsky. Rob, I'm going go to do, do the same thing I did the first time through with the masks. Yeah. You know, when they say, you know, hey, you, you put a mask on, you, you're hurting people. I go, listen, I'm going to tell you what. Being in the ICU with a broken jaw is a lot worse than getting COVID. I, I like it very much. Sad part is I was on, a, I had a relative down who unfortunately is in an occupation that is under attack. He is in law enforcement and in the Chicagoland area. And he's disgusted. Disgusted because he's too young to retire. And he realizes exactly what is on the horizon. And most of us do. You see what the Democrats will do. When you get too on to them or they need to really steal something. They all have the same plan. I would hope that if, in fact, we get to the point where the volume of cases is such and organizations like the CDC recommend, CDC doesn't mandate anything, I mean recommends that people wear masks, I would hope that they abide by the recommendation and take into account the risk to themselves. I'd like to uh, speak up now, Squirrel, so we don't have any, any problem in the future, in the near future, when you realize what this organization of corruption called the CDC and incompetence, you know what they're going to do. I'd, I'd like to speak for you, if you don't mind, Squirrel and Honey Bunny and all of us here at the Sean Thompson Show. Kiss my ass! Thank you very much. Ryan and Round Lake. Sean. Yes. Hey. Yeah. I want to tell you first off, hey, I love the way you talk. All right, oh, thank you. Period. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, so, so the question I have uh, is, who should I bank with? I've been a Chase Bank customer for uh, since it was Bank One out here, and I just got a uh, terms and conditions that I need to sign. It's 125 pages long. It takes a. I mean, I I, I can't understand half the stuff that's in this thing. If I want to continue using their uh, Brother, this I'm is a like, very important question. And, and this is, and, and this is uh, I just you know heard on you know your commercial about the banking system, and you're absolutely right. And then this comes across my way. I can't even log into anything until I agree to their terms. Ryan, this is a very important situation. It's kind of similar to what you should have done when Barack, he likes him big and round, got elected. You position yourself <laughs> for the worst, right? So what do you do? If you were like me and you realized what the agenda was, you don't have to run around now and buy guns. You did all that, right? So what you should do now is what I do. I only recommend, I'm only going to tell you what I do. And that's very private, local banks, if there are some in your area or even you have to drive, and then root off the red-nosed reindeer. Silver and gold. What about credit unions? What about credit unions? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. You know, are they affiliated with uh, labor extortion mafias? Because I don't like anything affiliated with it. I mean, the reality is this, too, Ryan. You know what most people don't realize? Have no debt. No debt. No credit card debt. No mortgage, right? Most people have the illusion that they have some sort of wealth. When you owe more than you got, you're walking bankrupt. Now walk your way out of that, son of a gun. And do what you have to do to be liquid. Because the, the rest of it, it's too quick to shut you down. And now that the government's yeah. got their hands interwoven in anything, 
If they don't like you, they shut you down. You don't start thinking like a Biden. Be a lie wrapped in an enigma. Get yourself 42 LLCs. Run it all through some corrupt banking. Tell them you're a Democrat. Do whatever you have to do to survive this corrupt mafia government. But in the meantime, pay off all your debt because a rich man is somebody who doesn't owe anybody anything. It doesn't matter how much money you got if it doesn't equal your debts. What do you think of that? Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm right there. I'm just saying I don't know who to bank with now. Call Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group, and I'm dead serious. Call Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group or go on Freedom Square and get yourself to a private bank that resists the mafia. Now, they're, 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 they're under assault. We got Signature. Yeah. I've got one in my neighborhood that I love, Pan Am and the rest of it. But be very, very smart. That's all I can tell you. And then Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Silver and gold, silver and gold. Uh, Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey Sean, how you doing? I hope you had a good weekend. Wonderful, it was wonderful. I don't, I don't, I work, baby, work, toil and work, slave. Work, work. Yes. Yeah. What do you do? You sit around. What do you do? You watch your feet get bigger. I don't know. I think I'm hungry. I'd like to eat. Turn on those children running around in tights, a bunch of men chasing balls. Ooh, I hope my team wins. Get the hell out of here. I'd rather go to work. Go ahead. I agree. What I wanted to say: if these auto workers go on strike, how's that going to affect the economy? Who cares? The whole fracking no, thing is a shill game. The whole thing, the government subsidizes it. You know, they pretend yeah. these companies are up money. I'm reading the article, right? Oh, and they've got new earnings. The complete process is subsidized from beginning to end. The financing, all of it, the special deals that other car companies don't get, they couldn't get that if they weren't in the pocket. They're an appendage of the government. So how does it work? Let me tell you something. You're lucky they don't want more because what they want, this ridiculousness of a 40-something percent in, uh, increase in pay, they're going to get it. They're going to they're gonna work 32 but get paid for 40. They're going to get it. You know why? They cut them every special deal. They never had to fall under what small business people had to fall under when the cornerstone of communism called Obamacare was put in. They all got special deals because they're all assets of the government. And this is the game. And that's why this crook, that everybody knows he's a crook, he can go up there and get cheered, cheered like Hoffa. Everybody knew Hoffa was a mafia guy. Everybody knew it. And they all liked it. That's the problem with humanity. They'd rather be in the scam than rip it down. That's why this show is not for everybody. Thank you very much. But it is for you. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. Everyone wishes... Burl lives would have never taken these modern-day Democrats. He's a man. Modern-day Democrats are scoundrels. Ugly, too. George in Naperville. Sean, I was wondering if you heard Tony Fauci's opening up a pasta joint in Naples, Florida. I'm wondering if you would attend. We would never allow that to happen. Ever. We don't allow him to, you know what, keep your Democrat scourge out of here. What does he have, a, a, a building in San Francisco, it's like $13 million? Gee, how do you get his money? I don't know. And the Democrats don't care. That pickle face rat bastard. I wouldn't let him stick his finger in my dog's derriere, and I don't even like my dog. Bob, Crown Point, Indiana. Hi, Sean, how are you? Very good, how are you? 
You got a great screen caller. Oh, number one. The best. Number one, I want to say next to you, the next honest person in the world is the guy you had on the recording talking about the electric car. His name is Scott Kilger. Oh, yeah. I had him on. I interviewed Scott. Are you really for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like Scott. I've interviewed him. We had a good time. I might have him back. I think he should run for president. I'm a diehard Trump supporter, but I'd vote for him. Bob, you realize and something, anyone- brother. We lived, you and me and people listening right now, we lived through something that 99% of Americans never saw. A president that didn't work his way up through the mafia, through politics. We'll never see that again, babe. And they're going to do everything in their power to make sure the American people never have an honest man as president again. That's why. And uh, I, uh, Squirrel just heard, what's that pock-faced son of a dog was married to the ugly chick who works for Netflix and did the Michelle Obama thing? What's his name, Squirrel? The, the attorney is going to indict Trump? What's his name? Jack Smith. Jack Smith is going to indict him again. You're going to indict another president for an insurrection. He was the president, you stupid idiots. He was in control, the commander-in-chief. He didn't have to stage an insurrection. Could have unleashed a military. How does a president incite an insurrection? Anybody think of that? See, Joe Biden wasn't the president yet. People were still digesting the fact that the most obvious political whore in the country somehow stole the election, and it was going to happen. Well, here we are, two and a half years into it. Have you had enough, or are you thirsty for more? By the way, how's Jimmy Carter doing, Squirrel? Did he make it through the weekend? Yeah, I'm sure he did. He went to the, he went, Oh, he came in second place in a square dance contest? Great. Jan Hoffman Estates. Hey, listen, I, I didn't ever um, consent to this Chase thing. I went into the Chase bank, told them to print it out for me. They printed out the regular account thing. So when I went online, I figured, oh, there's not too much in the regular accounts. I went over there to try to log in on my thing, and then it says you have to consent. So I'm reading the thing. It's totally different. But the one kicker is on there. It says that if there's any mistakes or, like, somebody breaks into your account, they're, they're not responsible for it. Take like, your money out Take it all out. I've you know what's funny, Jan? Do me a favor. Yeah. Go in there with all your accounts. Say, listen, I want it all. Give it to me all. And I want it in cash. You'll shut down the whole fracking branch. Believe me. They got. They have no money. Fractional lending, the whole fracking thing's a scam. If you went in there, they couldn't hey, listen, give you your money. They tell you, come back in three days. What about? What's that? Where can you go to a private bank, and how are they different from like regular banks like? Private banks, it's a more of an intimate relationship the way it was supposed to be, a community bank. You know, Signature Bank, and then there's a bank out of, out of my old neighborhood. I love the people. I mean, I love them. And, what's, uh, what's, and, the and bank? what's the bank in Florida? Pan America, Pan, well, in Florida, there isn't one that I'm aware of, there, although there are private banks, but they're all conglomerates of those major banks. See, and I don't want to do okay. that. But here's my thing. I'll tell you right now, Jen, I, I bankrupt myself with cash. I, I have no debt. No mortgage. Not, I don't want any of that. I have a, 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 a little one now. So to me, you know, once, once you don't owe anybody, what are you going to do? You're going to hurt my income? Big deal. I'll go be a mover. I'll, I'll be able to survive. I don't want any debt. That's my thing. Well, Thank you. But the thing is, you can go to the Chase Bank and you can, uh, you can use their kiosk and do all the banking you want. You can access your account. You can print out your transactions. Can I tell you, you something, Jen? I have never, I do not have one, a debit card. I have never gone to a cash station. I have never logged into any bank, and I will never. That's how crazy I am. Thank you very much, Jan. Nobody is going to get me. Hang on, Greenwood. Sean, thanks for taking my call as usual. And as usual, you are hitting it out of the park, man. You are a home run hitter. Thank you. Man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Go ahead. All right. 
this uh, whole issue with uh, the uh, Attorney General of Texas, uh, Ken Paxton, is a great example of why the Republican Party is a bunch of scumbags, and who the hell wants to be in the in the party with these people? Hey, no, Mitch McConnell, um, he's making speeches again. They shot him up with formaldehyde, B12, Viagra, and Cialis. He's like Biden, stumbling around like a drunk baby. They put him up to a podium. He started spewing that nonsense. He's okay. Don't worry. They're fine. This jet, 80 and still going strong. Jimmy Carter just won a square dance, dance contest. I don't know what you're worried about. Well, hey, Sean. Diane Feinstein, I hear she's on OnlyFans. A lot of sickos out there. Go ahead. You got a lot of valuable information there. But, you know, this guy, so, he, you know, he's, um, he um, is, uh, you know, cheating on his wife and all that stuff like that. The same thing that all the Democrats are all a bunch of scumbags. They're all cheating and everything and doing whatever yeah. they want. They're all a bunch Did of Did you see his wife? But, Did you see her? You wow. see Hillary Clinton? Because then, you know, hey, the whole nation gave Bill Clinton a pass. But, if she's Hillary, but, I say cheat. Go ahead. But the Democrats, so they all gang yeah. up on him. They're looking for some way because he, he's been doing a really good job with doing yeah. things for the state and everything and coming after him. So they all gang up on him oh, because yeah. he was unfaithful to his wife. Okay, and then a whole bunch of rotten Dem- uh, Republicans all chime in and all jump in with him. So they're all, tar- they all the one guy. You're not going to get an argument uh, from me. Did you ever see one of those 40-year inner thigh ranches squirrel? Not good. The whole nation, you were too young. The whole nation just completely said, I get it. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I love people who are restless with good character. They tend to do wonderful things with their life, but even few of them become what I would call Renaissance men and women. My next guest... I think I'm going to call him a renaissance man. It's a, it's very impressive. In his early 20s, he starts out as a stand-up comedian. He then becomes a police officer, then a doctor, an entrepreneur since 1993. He owns and operates three medical clinics in both New Jersey and Florida. He now has a book out called Fauci's Fiction, the book on COVID. He is Dr. Michael Schwartz. How are you, Doc? Hey, great, Sean. You know, you're not the first person to call me that, so thank you. I appreciate But I'm the best-looking person to call you that. Let's stick to the that's, facts here. Now, as a doctor, very interested in your opinion. See, I'm suspicious, very suspicious by nature. I am. I, uh, I always have been. And I don't like failures. But I can't help but notice only in government can somebody this corrupt, this much of a failure, really achieve high positions. That's how I ca- characterize what I call Dr. Pickleface Fauci. And I do this because I'm half Italian. I can get away with it. The reality is he's been wrong his entire career, yet very powerful. In fact, I didn't realize America had oligarchs until COVID hit. How do you see it? Well, you know, it's funny. I'm half Italian as well. And uh, the, even though the book is called Fauci's Fiction, it's not specifically about Fauci. It's about the real data on COVID. But of course, it has everything to do with Dr. Fauci because he was the face of COVID. When you look at the cover of the book, you know, it's, it's hard to do these on radio sometimes when people can't see it, but it's a depiction of Fauci as a Pinocchio doll with the nose coming right through the mask. 
And that's kind of how I feel. You know, as a country, we were really being lied to. And, of course, the omission of information is the same as lying. You know, the point of the book, uh, Sean, is that we had so much early data. And I'm a research doctor, but I employ a lot of medical staff. So when you knew what we did as early as April of 2020, after we tested a couple hundred patients, that this wasn't as deadly as everyone was saying, that, that masks don't work. We don't wear masks for virons. When you kind of get into the real nitty-gritty of the data and understanding it as a whole, you realize that we were been, been lied to on a mass scale. And when you really get into the data, it helped. It, it, I also, I went to the beginning of it, and I started to look more and more into the lab itself, and I looked more and more into exactly the kind of industrial complex big pharma really is, and it's it's it it's shocking, it's scandalous, it's outrageous when you realize that Pfizer opens up a research and development lab in two thousand and nine in Wuhan, China. When you look at the connection of Eco Health Alliance, when you look at the kind of money and the grants and the favoritism, and when you look at, 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 at what you said, the data of how effective it was at killing people, it wasn't very effective. In particular, it was never effective towards kids. Yet you, I saw the massive push to control kids. That's when I realized it was a fascistic weapon. But the idea that fascism took a hold like that, and so many Americans bowed knee to it, is what upset me. The data didn't matter at the end. It doesn't matter now. Are you disappointed in the in the American reaction to this to this COVID itself? Well, of course, it kind of exposed everybody. It kind of showed everybody everybody's true colors and uh, who we were, who was who was going to comply once we knew that this data just didn't match. I mean, we, look, we had nineteen thousand patients. I did forty four thousand tests in two states. And I think we're the only company in the country that has horizontal data. What that means is a lot of the folks that we tested were police officers. Uh, school, you know, school employees, nursing homes, assisted livings, that, that, folks that we had to test every single week. So when I talk about horizontal data, some of these folks we've tested hundreds of times. And you find out a lot when you test everyone in the country at once. You found out that, not, number one, everybody had this. 90% of my positive patients were asymptomatic or mild, and we started to try to tell everybody that right in the beginning, right in April and May, when these lockdowns were going on, kids were out of school, the suicide rate was climbing, because we felt that, you know, number one, you, you got you to get the truth out there so that everybody can handle this thing appropriately, but they were taking our liberty, liberties away left and right. So it, it was it was appropriate for us to tell everyone this, but no one would listen. You were getting censored on Twitter. You were getting censored on social media. No matter what we said, it, it could have been anything. You know, hey, mask, we don't wear masks for virons. I'd get ridiculed from the left. You're going to kill people. Everybody's going to die in the country. What are you guys doing? It's crazy. But it, when you look at what it exposed as far as a country, it's incredible. We have this data now. We know that these vaccines don't work. We know that the COVID isn't as deadly as everyone, as, at least what they purported it to be early on. But yet we still have people wearing masks in airports. You still have people. You know, I, right now, I got a call from a doctor in Key West where I had an office for two years. One of the doctors called me and told me the mayor is trying to institute mask mandates again outside. So, it, so it's, it's just crazy. You know, doctor, I know a little bit about you. I don't know a lot about you, but I know a little bit about you. And I know you were busy with your life. You were not a, a junkie of politics, I'm willing to venture, the way I was, where it's all I do. I don't watch sports. I don't do anything. It's always politics because I realize that politics controls money. And I started out broke, and in order to focus on how to make money, I had to kind of realize the, the macro picture of it, and it's politics. When you see the money in it and you experience the totally different polar opposites, state management from New Jersey, to Florida, and you see the bastardization of health 
Where do you live? Well, I live in both Tampa, Florida, and in New Jersey. So the dichotomy was real. You know, it was like going to a different country every time I got on a plane to go to Florida. You know, New Jersey was locked down. Kids are out of school. You go to Florida, everything is open. And uh, you know, and the virus isn't going to discriminate. The virus doesn't doesn't know borders. It, it just does its own thing. And it, 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 the, the stark difference between the politicians was bleak. I mean, Ron DeSantis, I thought, did a fantastic job because it took it. Look, we were all in the same boat in the beginning. We were all glued to the TV trying to figure out what was going to work, what this thing was. Is this the next big thing that everybody's talking about? Once Ron DeSantis had a couple weeks or a couple months worth of data, he, he, like me, said, hey, this is, this is ridiculous the way we're handling this thing. We're going to open back up. And then so you have you states see, like, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You, I, I, you go ahead, because you have states like New Jersey. And I, you know, I'm, I'm saying this because I'm a, I grew up in Chicago. I live in Florida now for the exact same reason you're, you're talking about. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. When you look at the blue states and how they handled it, it, it just looked like a political hit job. I mean, it, it, I just got off an interview. I was talking in New York to an, another host, and he asked me the same question. Whether, whether this was political or not, it's obvious when you look at that. It's obvious. I mean, I don't think COVID would have been COVID if it wasn't it, it right smack dab in the middle of a presidential election. Uh, this would have been something we kind of talked about. We, we mitigated. We found out it was not a big deal and it wouldn't have been exploited. But we exploited that at, 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 the, at the cost of our kids and our, our, our grandparents and our mothers. My mother still doesn't leave the house. She's glued to MSNBC and CNN all day. She's still... It sanitizes her, her groceries. I mean, it, it's, it's quite incredible. So when you said about Key West, it's as small as the municipality because Key West is a Democrat haven. And when you realize the way in which the fascism has, has been adapted and, and, and been accepted, but you have the data that argues directly because of it. When you trace it down to the beginning and you realize the timing in it, I'm curious to know what your philosophy is. I've referred to it as the pandemic when I saw how successful it was at changing the trajectory and the course of history in my country. When you look at where it was really implemented, it's always the areas that financially benefited from it. Did you marry the medical data to the financial data or did you keep that separate? And what was your conclusion as to the beginning of it? Was it manipulated the way I believe or is it a bat kissing a dolphin? No, it was definitely manipulated. And look, you and I have a lot in common. I've actually run about 45 campaigns in my lifetime, but I have a rule in my office and for myself. You know, I, I'm never going to say, speak on something that I don't know uh, because it, it risks your credibility. And that's one thing that you have in life that, you know, you can't get back once you lose it. So the data doesn't, the data doesn't lie. The data speaks for itself. But I understand politics very well. Uh, and I saw it firsthand. I, I, you know, mail-in ballots, great way to open up fraud. Uh, and we still that's a conversation that the country doesn't want to have because you, know, you, you get you get censored, you get canceled for trying to have that conversation. Um, the data didn't match right from the beginning, but then it just kind of purported itself on and on and on. When you you got to remember, we didn't just do this at once. This was, you know, let's look at the first month's work and tell our next set of patients what the trends are, what we're seeing. And the book has a lot of funny in it. It talks about everything that we haven't talked about in the last three years, the language of a pandemic. People don't understand incubation periods. They don't understand how viruses transmit. They don't understand how masks work. We talk a little bit about the vaccines. These are all different things we saw in different segments over three years. We didn't know all of this right from the beginning. But when we were one month in, two months in max, and I had a couple hundred patients, you gotta remember, I called every single positive patient myself for two straight years. 
and I was recording symptomology. I was recording how long it took them to get over the virus, uh, what they had, if they had anything at all. Because a lot of times you do, you know, you test 100 police officers on a Wednesday. And if I had to call 10 of them to tell them they were positive, but I had to convince nine of them that they were because most of them didn't have symptoms, you start to realize certain things. You start to realize that this is being exploited beyond belief and that somebody needs to get out and tell the truth about it. And the bipartisan push for profiteering is outrageous, and I specifically blame Trump. How do you name a vaccine, Operation Warp Speed, when it took 10 years to bring Viagra to market? I've had Mark Malone on my show a couple of times. He's become a friend of mine, but he would be a terrible card player. He knew from the very beginning that there was problems, and he started, the guy who patented it, started to speak out against the vaccine. I would turn down $10 million to put that thing in my arm. Yet I saw my friends, some family members, and the most of all kids, forced to put that in. And now you have the definition of side effects changed. You've got people walking around with the Jimmy leg and Bell's palsy and God knows what. You've got unexplained deaths up 18 to 24% worldwide. How much attention should people focus on the fact the government is still pushing this fallacy. You know, they, were, they changed the definition of the word vaccine in the middle of the pandemic. Well, it, it is inappropriate to tell an 80-year-old, 70-year-old, 60-year-old, somebody who's heard the word vaccine their entire life and thought polio, you know, I got, I got protection for life, or MMR, or hep B, where I got 10 years. It is inappropriate to, to use the word vaccine, number one, for something that gives you 120-day antibody response just like a flu shot. And I always tell people, you wouldn't run out and get four flu shots in one year, but, you know, they're getting COVID-boosted left and right. It, it, it does not give you the protection that people think. And it is also a fallacy to think that when you get the shot, you're going to get less sick from COVID. That is complete. Uh, that is a complete fallacy. It is, it is completely untrue. So when you when you start drawing the lines, it it, it, it it starts to make sense. But I'll tell you, Sean, the only issues that we see are from these mRNA shots. You got to remember J and J, by the way, is a viral vector vaccine. That's old technology. So yeah, the guy that was saying, "Hey, I invented this mRNA, but it's not ready for prime time," he was right. He was a hundred percent right. Uh, when you see the the Hippocratic oath, which you took, and yet you saw these doctors, hospitals. Tell people, we can give you nothing or we can give you the vaccine. When you see that money was made and they were put into something that most doctors up until COVID completely rejected, even in a last minute, begrudgingly, they put people on those breathing machines. What the hell are they called? I can't think of it. Ventilators. Ventilators. And, and you see the kind of chaos. And people were just not treated. And doctors that said, we have to give alternatives, we have to do vitamin D and zinc and ivermectin and the rest of it, they were threatened with the loss of their license. Should the AMA exist anymore? <laughs> well, we've lost a lot of, they've lost a lot of credibility. So did the CDC. So did a lot of these doctors themselves. I mean, they shut down their practices when COVID started, yet they wanted to give advice on vaccines to children after that. I mean, these are folks that didn't do what they did. I tell folks, stay in your lane. We don't do cardiology. We're a primary care office. If somebody comes to me with a cardiac issue, we refer them out. But you had cardiologists referring, uh, recommending people to get vaccines based on what? And I, I always tell people, you, sh you need to ask that question based on what? Based on what data? Is it just a CDC guideline that is, that is blatantly false and that you're going along? And then this happened during COVID every single day. I would talk to medical students that would tell me, hey, we got to get on the same page so we don't lose credibility. I said, you're doing the opposite. You're costing yourself credibility because when this information gets out, no one's going to trust you. Uh, it, it, I, I'm dumbfounded every day, Sean. It just doesn't make sense. You have another gift, another skill. You actually teach people 
a course on body language. Yeah. Have you ever saw a politician that didn't tell you from the way he moves his face that he's not a bald face liar? <laughs> I just got asked that on another show too. You know, it's 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 not always about is the person lying or are they not lying. Somebody asked me about Fauci, and and, and I think he was getting grilled by Rand Paul. And what I thought about it, when, when you know he had some micro expressions leak out. Uh, th- those are little tells that tell you somebody's uncomfortable with the question. So you can, you know, there's there's a lot to body language. It's not an overnight thing. And I yeah. learned that when I was a police officer, we developed a course on it. But uh, I mean, some of these guys, it's like, you, you know, they should probably just do radio, <laughs> avoid television altogether. <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you the obvious. I mean, it's it, it's obvious to me. I, I I had relatives who suffered from dementia and Alzheimer's, it's clear that the president is suffering from from a multitude of different mental problems. But uh, who's a better stare down uh, when it comes to gunslingers? Clint Eastwood in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, or Mitch McConnell? <laughs> I'll take Clint. I'll take Clint all day. Did you see all the right. report today? His doctor came out and said he did not have a stroke. He's fine. Doc, what are you, crazy? That's perfectly normal. I'll tell you what we should do. We should go in the diaper business and move to Washington. We'll all be driving Lamborghinis. In the meantime, where in Florida are you? Where's your, because I don't have a doctor. I haven't had one since 1982. I'm going to need somebody to pronounce me dead. Where's your office? Well, I'm in Tampa, Florida, and then I'm up in Seagirt, New Jersey. I wish I was closer to you. I am in town in Naples every once in a while for a couple of celebrity golf outings to go and support our troops. And but just remember, I'm a research doctor. My medical staff is great. I never teach. I never tell them how to treat. But we all kind of do work under the same philosophy. No, I'm not going to need you to do anything except say, "Yeah, he's dead." Um, in the meantime, <laughs> where can the people go to support you and buy your new book? Uh, you can go to my website, michaeljsports.com. You could also go to uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Uh, it's doing well, but I'll tell you what, Sean, I, I, even today I had a conversation with Amazon. They still won't let me promote it due to current events, so the, the nonsense is still happening. So what was your mother's maiden name? Molino. Oh, your father never won an argument, ever! No, I love he's, he's, he's part Hungarian, that's it. I'm not German, I'm not Jewish. I know it's confusing, but it is what it is. Yeah, but he still never won an argument. I'm married to somebody with that last name. In the meantime, thank you very much for making time, and I, I can't wait to get through the book. I know you sent me one. I'm assuming it's signed. I'm just going to forge your signature if it's not. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. appreciate your time. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, the good old day, squirrel. Beretta. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. An 11-time convicted felon accused of burglarizing three Chicago restaurants last year cut a deal with prosecutors that reduced all three burglary charges to criminal damage to property. Court records show he now is a 14-time convicted felon. As a result, the deal, Larry Banks, 50 years old, received three concurrent two-year sentences from Judge Lauren Eden. He was sent to Stateville Correctional Center on August 24th, according to Illinois Department of Corrections. He walked out the same day after receiving credit for time spent in Cook County Jail. This is the kind of nonsense that leads you to come to one conclusion. If you are an honest, decent, law-abiding person living in a Democrat area, you cannot stay. 
Now, there's a couple ways to do it. You can run, move out, leave behind the chaos, the confusion, the Democrat supremacists. Or you can do what is happening in a once great state that said, ah, we had enough of you Democrats. Idaho shape might soon look like someone is giving you the middle finger. For the past couple years, the Greater Idaho Movement has gained a lot of momentum. Its goal is to convince both the Oregon and Idaho state legislatures and then the United States Congress to redraw the boundary between Oregon and Idaho. The goal is to take at least 15 mostly rural conservative-leaning counties in eastern Oregon and have them become part of Idaho. So it looks something like this. Now, how many Illinoisans would do the exact same? thing. How many Illinoisans would gladly join any one of the surrounding states to get away from this culture of corruption that the Democrat mafia has not only created, but will continue to strengthen as this loathsome scumbag not only will walk after robbing and creating who knows how much damage and violence, Larry Banks is the picture of Democrat favoritism. Larry Banks will be given not just his freedom, He will be giving welfare. He will be given food stamps. He will be given rent. This is what our society now adopts in these Democrat sewers. Now, we can go with specificity, but the reality is how much more of the scumbag meritocracy will this country allow? What I mean by that is the bigger the scumbag you are, the more money you get. Hey, guys, it's your girl Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to discuss the early release of SNAP benefits. That's right. SNAP is coming to your cars early. We have more states paying out the $120 summer EBT. We have work requirements starting September 1st, replacement benefits. Now, this is the same thing, but it's only in the Democrat sewer areas. Those are the same areas that are indicting Donald Trump. Those are the same areas... Donald Trump paid a lot of Democrats. But there's something very specific when it comes to some of the prosecutors. There was a a guy by the name of Cash Patel on a talk show this weekend that dropped a pretty big bomb that I have yet to see picked up by mainstream media or even some of the Internet sites on MSNBC. What do you really know about the judges in these Democrats other than the fact they're Democrats? Like, for instance, the Democrat judge in New York by the name of Tanya This judge you just said needs to recuse herself. Can you illuminate for our audience why? She was a lawyer at Boyce Schiller when Hunter Biden was of counsel there. She was a lawyer at Boyce Schiller when Boyce Schiller represented Burisma. That's That's not even the center stage. This is reserved nosebleed stuff. She and Boyce Schiller represented... Fusion GPS, same corrupt government gangster affiliated firm that concocted the Steele dossier and paid through the FBI to lie to a federal court to surveil Donald Trump on the original sin unlawfully Russia gate. This is why she cannot preside over the Donald Trump indictment. The original case in the matter is Russia gate. It always goes back to it. And her firm has represented that. But she made a misrepresentation to us. That is absolutely bomb. Doesn't matter. It's not a bombshell. I wish it was a bombshell. But in these Democrat areas, the people are too busy dealing with the failures of the 11 time convicted felon being released with no prison time, where they have now turned and devolved into a third world 
country where you think you're doing okay because only 46 people were shot and only seven of them died. Covered in shattered glass. Personally, you feel violated. It's extremely frustrating. It's time consuming. This man who asked to remain anonymous among several drivers whose vehicle... Now, why would he be anonymous? Why would he be anonymous? Because he does not have the protection of government. In fact, who has protection of government is the Chicago Park shooter who was out on probation. Inglewood community members are demanding answers after a man accused of opening fire in a neighborhood park was released from custody. That incident happened last year, and at the time, police say the man was armed with hundreds of rounds of ammunition and multiple weapons in his vehicle. I mean, to be a decent person in these areas is insane. You can't even go out of your house. I was, I was uh, enjoying the weekend with a law enforcement officer in the area of Chicago. And to hear the stories firsthand, that's how you stumble onto the 11-time felon being released on the same day. This isn't extraordinary. This is ordinary. This is what the police, this is what the citizens deal with. Time in and time out. And now the third world climate of protecting the predators is is really up to Tijuana level. ...were broken into on Financial Place near 9th Street. We've been dodging this all year. It's, it's not a matter of, you know, if you're going to be hit, but when you're going to be hit. In recent weeks, a wave of vehicle break-ins, several dozen at least, on the street and in parking garages in full view of cameras, have left South Loop residents angry and anxious. I'm really drained because every night that you, you park your car, you don't know if it's going to be the night it's going to get broken into again. And most of us, we don't keep valuable things in our car anymore because we know that someone could break into it and people still just break into it. February. So you literally are living like you were in El Salvador. I think, in fact, they're cracking down on crime as opposed to us. Paul Inworth. Sean, a little slight correction. You were, All right. you were mistaken. Joe Biden has created some jobs, very few, and they were for his son, Hunter, and for his brother, James. I'm not sure if a bag man is a job particular if you don't pay taxes on it but i like the well, way you think well, it was good paying it was good paying yeah and do you want to know what's funny paul we're probably never going to get the numbers as uh nancy mace was on television and really was embarrassed by the tens of millions of dollars that the biden family has stolen or been bribed we'll never know enemies no we'll never we'll never Which is kind of, I wonder why, you know, it might be a a reason that the local areas are allowing us to devolve into a third world country. Because once you're dealing with your own car being broken into, you really don't want to hear about the millions of dollars that were stolen five years ago. And, you know, that's the, the problem with humanity. You lower the standards to what integrity is. Go ahead. Sean, I'll meet you downtown tonight. Uh, we'll go to Gibson's uh, and uh, bring your new Jaguar and uh, bring your 45. Yeah. Unless you're talking about downtown Naples, brother, which I'll be more than happy to meet you. I ain't going in that store. That's just me. And, uh, oh, you're so mean. Am I, am I mean? I'm not going to subject myself to this nonsense. I don't know why anybody does. Three teenage boys ages 15, 16, and 17 are all charged with more than 10 felony counts each in connection to a string of armed robberies yesterday afternoon. You know when they say boys, they don't give you the height and weight. Because what they don't want you to know is that each and every one of them is over 6 feet tall, each and every one of them over 190 pounds, each and every one of them armed. They're not boys, they're gang-banging scum. Neighbors over here on West Race say the man that was robbed here is an out-of-state visitor staying in a short-term rental. 
you don't want to have to walk around with your guard up in the neighborhood that you live in. But you know how you stop this squirrel? It's really quite simple, yet I never hear it. Anybody convicted of a felony qualifies for zero welfare in the future. Anybody that is a dependent of said felon qualifies for zero benefits in the future. But the solution that our governments do is they give them more and more and more money, regardless, regardless of their records. Hey guys, it's your girl Shalane. I'm back today with another video. This is round two for me, guys. So if you haven't checked out my EBT video where I'm talking about work requirements being exempt for 17 states. Then Think about that. The Congress said, okay, you can get welfare, but you have to work or be looking for work. 17 states, all Democrat, said, no, you don't. No, you don't. We've got money going out the door at record amounts where we're broke. We've got a president who's bankrupting us, claiming he cut the deficit, and nobody can tell us how. Because all of the money him and his scum short-in-the-pants family stole, they didn't pay any taxes. That is not a thing. That child was not a foreign agent. Neither was Hunter Biden or James Biden. And so what we see is a lot of layering, a lot of bank accounts, a lot of complicated financial transactions to hide the money and where it's going. And we also know, by the way, one of the SARS reports related to a prostitution ring. And as you know, John, I was called uh, a conspiracy theorist for talking about it. But come to find out a few weeks ago, the IRS whistleblowers confirmed the existence of that prostitution ring because Hunter Biden was writing it off on his taxes. I mean, really he's writing off whores. Why didn't Bill Clinton think of this? He didn't never pay taxes, and no one would have audited him. We all understood why. In the meantime, I want to leave you on an up note for this segment. That up note is the people have had enough. They have had enough. Not in Chicago, not yet. They'll continue to support, and they'll step, and they'll fetch for Democrats that destroy their quality of life. But in the unlikely places, people are rising up. Caught on camera, visitors and businesses joining together to stop a suspected shoplifter in Scottsdale. most beautiful story here is that everybody got united. People, they knew us or they didn't know us. They were there for us and they came to our rescue and our help. And they brought every piece back. Anna Marina Solakai was getting ready to put up a display of jewelry at her shop, Marina Jewelers, when a man walked in and went straight to the display. He knew exactly where the expensive product was. He just grabbed that case and started running. Solakai ran after the man, later identified as 53-year-old Troy Bell. And I started screaming and shouting to everybody outside, to all my neighbors, please to stop him. He's a thief. To her surprise. It's a beautiful thing to watch, girl. Because what happened is people came out of their cars, out of the stores, and they beat the hell out of them. Just like the people should have done the Larry Banks. At least he would have paid some cost for mayhem and thievery instead of getting a promotion like a Democrat politician. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. NBC News millions could lose child care when federal funding expires at the end of the month. Squirrel, didn't we just do all that big debt ceiling? We're going to raise it. We're going to save. We're going to never default on the debt. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the Republicans didn't put any restrictions that they told us they were going to put in? 
What exactly is happening? Are we butted up against the debt ceiling? No, I, I, I thought Bidenomics was working. I heard a Democrat economist, the same one that lost $1.9 billion, which is virtually impossible, while trading a college's slush fund. And you know what? The Treasury Department saying that the federal deficit right now is up 122% from a year ago. It's Squirrel, um, even CPS students that can't read, they know that 122% in a year is not cutting. But yet the Democrats, they'll cheer anytime Biden says the same lie. They'll cheer no matter what. All he has to do is say he's cutting the deficit. And even with what we've done, unlike the last president, in my first two years, all this stuff, guess what? I cut the deficit $1.7 trillion. Well, wait a minute. Then explain it. Explain what this guy just said. Can somebody just somebody play it to him? This is his own guy. He's talking to uh, Jared Bernstein, who's as ugly as Jan Schakowsky. And uh, looks better in laundry. And you know what? The Treasury Department saying that the federal deficit right now is up 122% from a year ago. It's currently, year to date, at $1.6 trillion and still rising. Meaning we're spending more than we're taking in. Well, the Treasury, that's manhands, isn't it, Squirrel? I believe that's uh, manhands. Uh, what's Jared Bernstein say? So I think the overall macro message from our uh, space is that Bidenomics in action is helping. It's working. It's helping to build the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Who exactly is the bottom up? Is that just welfare? They must mean the bottom of welfare to the middle of welfare. And then they're going to blow it out where they feel like they're actually earners. And then they're going to be proud to be Democrat supporters. Now I'm starting to think I understand it. But it doesn't explain what we're really dealing with with the Dimwood and diapers. Thank you, Corrine. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, uh, like a baby. So there's a quote that says That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous. Back. They treat him like a sucker, though. I can't help but notice they treat him like a sucker because what's happening in our foreign policy is something that should have attention paid to it. On a meeting between the leaders of Russia and North Korea, two staunch foes of the U.S., the CBS News has learned Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin will meet later this month to discuss, among other things, a fresh supply of weapons for the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You know what news that was on, Squirrel? CBS, in the middle of the night. It's not on any lead story. It's not on any daytime news TV because they're treating him like a little baby. What sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the president, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So, look, uh, I'll say this. Um, There's going to be a range, always a range of books uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know, uh, that's going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time. And we're not going to litigate those here. That's something that we're not going to uh, speak to. There is one thing that I do want to, because I think I was asked this question last week by one of your colleagues about this particular excerpt uh, that they uh, were referring to. And so I'll say this. You know, we did see. It's not even English, man. It's not even English. The dumbest spokes idiot of any administration. The excerpt, excerpt, the context of the excerpt, and it seemed to be making the opposite overall point about how the value of his experience and wisdom resulted in rallying the free world <laughs> against authoritarianism, which is important. Oh God, she, yeah. even conf- she even confused Kamala Harris. 
In the meantime, they treat all their the Dem- Democrats treat all people like babies. President Biden tested negative last night for COVID-19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms. As far as the steps he's taking since the president was with the first lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC. That's why I love it. Squirrel. Put your mask on, moron. It's like a badge to the Democrat Party. Identify yourself. It's the enemy of Americanism. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Government supremacy doesn't help the quality of life for those not corrupt by the government. Economic feudalism at best, stagnant, corrupt economy you're trying to survive rather than thrive in. That's what Joe Biden and every Democrat delivers. Nobody knows that better than my next guest who spent a career understanding the benefits of property rights referred to as capitalism. What made America the youngest and the richest country is the philosophy of property rights, not the bastardization of it. His name is E.J. Antony, Heritage Foundation. How are you, kid? Sean, I'm hanging in. How are you doing? Well, it's frustrating because I'm watching what I knew would occur, and I, I say that because I spent 30 years of my life as a renter. Couldn't afford to be an owner. And when you see what's happening is the government disincentivizing the quality of life and housing, home ownership. Renters are getting squeezed and they're going to be forced into the welfare system, which is the intention, is it not? Oh, my goodness. You know, it, it goes back to what we've said before, Sean, where if these people were intentionally trying to destroy the country, if they were intentionally trying to impoverish people, I, I don't know what they would do differently. I mean, you, you are absolutely creating a two-tiered society here where you have literally an entire generation of Americans who very likely will never be able to own their own homes. And you know, EJ, when I saw this over the weekend, I actually, I I was excited to talk to you. I want you to hear this. Across Europe, a crisis is brewing. One that is set to snowball and become a major political issue. And one that threatens the roof over your head. The price of rent has shot up across cities in Europe. But what's behind this? At its core, it comes down to one of the most fundamental concepts in economics. A mismatch between supply and demand. That's whipped the market into a frenzy. Too many renters chasing a dwindling stock of properties, with the poorest bearing the brunt. On the demand side, a major factor is migration. More people than ever are being crammed into Europe's biggest cities, driving up the demand for rental properties. Now, what will happen in America is a little different. We're a little more spread out. But what you have is the abandonment of business, the destruction of property values, the taxation, new taxation on sales, and the increasing property taxation, which is ultimately passed to renters. Now, here's my question for you. Will they successfully be able to pass that on to welfare, Section 8 housing? Or will those properties be abandoned and then become wards of the states? That's what I'm curious to your answer on. 
Oh, oh goodness, Sean, that that's a really, really good one. Uh, you know, I, I my guess is it's probably going to be the former, uh, and I, I say that because this administration has shown such a proclivity to expand the welfare state and to expand the the government funding of these different programs, uh, including increasing funding for government purchases of existing housing in order to turn them into things like Section 8. So when you see these these organizations of politicians, these LLCs, like in Chicago, they have the Table of Wisdom LLC, which specifically goes after tax auction property and foreclosed property and the rest of it. Those entities, ironically made up of judges and politicians, will be able to acquire property, then be subsidized by Section 8 housing. So they'll Tony Resco the entire city of Chicago, for lack of a better example. Right. And, and what's the what's the formula? In other words, what, what happens to these neighborhoods uh, is that you get that Section 8 housing or that conversion into Section 8 housing, and then the entire neighborhood goes downhill, and not just because of the type of people that are attracted uh, by Section 8 housing, but also because the landlords know that they have a guaranteed check from the government. And that means that they don't need to actually provide adequate services. They don't need to actually keep up that housing, they know that they can let everything slide because they're still going to get the, the check from the government at the end of the day. You know, the, the, the fact that there are welfare rats means there are welfare rats on both ends of this equation. Oh, right. And that's, that's where, you know, for years uh, in 2015 when Trump was running, we kept hearing of this four-dimensional chess. When the reality is the people who ironically were playing four-dimensional chess were the government supremacists, the Marxists and the Democrats were. Because what they were able to do through the massive manipulation of the cost of money, called the Federal Reserve, is give people golden handcuffs who normally would sell. But now, because they have mortgages that are 2%, 2 and a three quarters, they can't sell. So now they're just going to be forced to take it and go down with the ship. And simultaneously with that, the city, like Chicago, is going to implement outrageous exit taxes in, in, in transfer stamps. And now you're you're gonna whatever whatever equity you thought you had will be taken and siphoned off. So it's truly a diabolical plan to give people something in the beginning where they thought they were getting a great deal at three percent mortgages and less, and now jack it up to so they can't afford to liquidate because they're not gonna go pay eight percent somewhere else and move. And if they try to get out, they gotta pay a lot of their profit in exit taxes, right? Exactly. This is the perfect opportunity uh, uh, for the status in place places like Illinois to put the property taxes through the roof because they know, as you just said, if these people leave today, it means that they're going to go somewhere else. And even if they get a cheaper home and there are lower property taxes, it is more than made up for by the fact that their mortgage rate is going to go from two and a half or three percent to seven point two or seven point three percent. In other words, it's just simply unaffordable. They're stuck where they are, and they're stuck paying these just exorbitantly high property taxes. So let me ask you this before we jump to the next subject, because I want to jump to it. Everyone asks me if I think there will be another housing collapse like there was in 2008. And my answer is always, it depends on the state governance you live in. Because when you look at some of the other states, some of the states that have been fighting against the government supremacists, and you look at the percentage of homes and investment properties and commercial that have debt, it's exactly the opposite of the Democrat states. They have a tremendous amount of homes that have no debt or very little. 
So those states will not experience a pull-down if something should happen to price valuations once they realize, hey, these commercial areas and Democrat uh, hubs are, are vacating the property. They're offering deed and lose. Short sales are making a comeback. Delinquencies are on the rise. So it's going to be very specific to where you are as to the collapse, for lack of a better word, in, in the real estate market, is it not? I think that's absolutely the case. I think it will be even more specific, area specific, that is, uh, than we saw in the housing collapse in the early 2000s, because there you had you had major metro areas like San Francisco was a great example, where home prices plummeted much more than the national average. So although they went down everywhere, they went down in certain areas much more. I, I think you're going to see something very, very similar. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and I think the same thing with, with realtors, for example. I saw a crazy stat the other day, Sean. There are only two homes for sale right now for every realtor in the country. I mean, that's just absolutely insane. Can it's you ironic. I have two listings. Yes. Well, that's what I do. I mean, I'm a real estate broker. I, I, and that's the thing. It's an inventory dry up. But I, I represent a decent area. Nobody wants to sell. In fact, more and more people are coming here. And that, that has, is that a part of your other article that I think is spot on when it says Bidenomics robs from the poor and gives to the donor class? This is how he touts on building from the bottom up and the middle out. He's really only talking about those favored public sector or, or union organized crime figures he represents. He's not really talking about the economy writ large. People are drowning. In which other way is he robbing from the poor to give to his donor class? Oh, goodness. Where, where do we start on this one? You know, in, inflation is, is, I think, a great example. Who are the people who are hurt the most from inflation? People who already don't make much money because their wages don't adjust very quickly to inflation. So they're stuck paying higher costs for longer before their, their pay actually catches up. They also, if they have any savings at all, what kind of savings do they have? It's just cash in the bank, which means it's losing value. It's not like somebody who is already wealthy, who their savings tend to be in investments. They're in stocks, things that will uh, inflate with price, right? They're in hard assets like real estate that we were just talking about, all things which tend to go up in price. And so the people who already have high incomes, whose incomes adjust the fastest, to rising prices, they're hurt the least by inflation in terms of their investments. They're actually helped. So it's just a big transfer of wealth, primarily from low-income earners to higher-income earners and to the government. So, you know, to hear him on a Labor Day weekend was very difficult for me because this is not only a guy that, that never did anything in his life. Mathematically, his assets don't funge out with his earnings. So there's an absolute evidence in his bribery, the fact that he has real estate holdings that the vast majority of non-real estate professionals can't even acquire. But when you look at the ordinary American, and I have him call my show. I had it happen to me earlier in the show today. And they're concerned because the banking system is changing. They're implementing new disclosures. There are no, you know, there are fewer rights to access their own money because of the fractional banking system. My answer was really quite simple. If, if, if you have more debt than money, you're not wealthy. Take your money and pay off your debt because that's the only way to kind of sustain yourself through the uncertainty of the future the next two years of this idiot's uh, tenure, right? You know, uh, there was a book I read, which you probably have read it too, When Genius Fails, 
or when Genius failed, excuse me, about long-term capital management. And if I remember one of the lines from the book correctly, it was, if you aren't in debt, you can't go broke and you can't be forced to sell, in which case liquidity is irrelevant. And, and the point was essentially that all of these people, it doesn't matter whether it's the individual level or at the, the, the business level, uh, if you're not levered up, then you're not in financial danger. And so when, who are the people who are really getting crushed right now? The people who took out so much debt and these massive mortgages at low interest rates and weren't counting on the inflation that followed, and now yeah. they can't afford to make those payments anymore. Not I mean, everybody who has a HELOC. You can't fix a HELOC, right? You don't fix the floating credits uh, line of credit, do you? Right, right, exactly. It works like the interest rate on a credit card where it's going to go up and down with the market. Brother, that, that means these delinquencies that we're seeing, they're not strategic defaults. These are real calamities on the horizon, correct? Exactly. And, and the reason why it's not setting off a, a lot of alarm bells right now, Sean, I think, is because coming out of the pandemic, we were coming from a baseline of almost zero. And so the level we're at right now is not that historically high, but the rate at which it's increasing is just astronomical. These Democrat mafia run areas and states, they stole a lot of the pandemic money and mixed it with their own money. Illinois is a great example. Two hundred billion dollars. The governor, so-called governor, kind of commingled and pretended to be a successful state rather than a bankrupt, corrupt kleptocracy that it is. Is that why we're seeing a new push for new pandemic uh, uh, actions. Can they, in fact, double down? Is that not a precedent that Trump set? I mean, what's the, what's the argument against doing it all over again, only bigger? Oh, goodness, Sean, exactly. I think that's spot on again. They are once again going to the federal trough, in other words, all of the, respons- the fiscally responsible states, to bail them out for their fiscal mismanagement. And, and you're right, Trump did sign the, the first of these ridiculous bailouts. But to his credit, he did try to veto the last one, and then Congress overrode him. So I, I, I definitely fault Trump for getting the ball rolling here, but I'll, I'll give him a little bit of credit in trying to, uh, to put the horse back in the barn after it was already out. When you see that after the massive uh, debt ceiling by Congress was pushed through, right, we don't really know what was in it. However, what we do know is in the shortest amount of time, the greatest amount of money was added to the national debt. And it's pretty much untalked about. Now you see at the end of the month, they say, I just was watching an article on NBC, that uh, millions will lose their child care. So how long until we're up against another nonsense increase and the Republicans have really no option but to continue to give the blank check, don't they? I, I think so, because unfortunately, the, the Republicans in Congress have just proved themselves, by and large, not all of them, but most of them have shown themselves to not be true conservatives. And so as a result of that, they are going along with these spending sprees. They're the ones that didn't just raise the debt limit. They suspended it. They gave the Treasury a green light to go on a trillion dollar uh, borrowing spree since earlier in the year. Why do you think inflation has reaccelerated the last couple of months? It went up in July. And mark my words, it is going to come in. The number is going to come in even hotter in August. We're going to get a very hot CPI print. In order to stop it, it has to be stopped on a, on a legal principle. I think there is one, and I don't hear anybody talking about it, but I don't know the answer. And maybe the answer uh, is something I'm unaware of, and it's something that is legal. When the government creates 
a, a market, when they fund something as, as ridiculous as electric charging stations, however, they fund it with $55 billion. The ownership of these creations, these electric stations, is very murky to me. I can't find it. What I do find is there is one company that traces back, as you would imagine, to political billionaire donors. Um, one is ironically a big pharma guy, and he is one of the principals in this the electric company that has the technology. Do we know who owns these electric charging stations as we are kicking out $55 billion and, and we're building them across the nation? And can the government legally own them? I've never heard of that. Doesn't there have to be private ownership? Can the government then charge people? And who makes the money? Have we figured any of this out? And shouldn't the Republicans be talking about this? No, Sean, much like everything in the, whether it was the Inflation Reduction Act or, or the suspension of the debt ceiling, all these things are just black boxes. And even when you're able to finally track down, let's say, who owns uh, this particular uh, group of charging stations, you typically find it's a holding company. And then it's very difficult from there to figure out who actually holds, who actually owns that holding company. And so it is, it is purposely opaque because they are trying to hide what special interests are actually getting paid out here. It is a classic Washington maneuver. You know, it's interesting. The guys who own this, it's called ChargePoint, where all the technology is based on. And it's riddled in scandal. The, the charging stations don't work. And now what they're finding is that these charging stations, they're not only billing people for the electricity. They're billing them for the time. So they're hoisted by the fact that they bought this scam. And they sit there for 60 minutes, and they pay per minute. So there's no governing restrictions on it. In fact, right now, to go 100 miles in an electric vehicle is $7 more than it is in a gas vehicle. Can this specificity of failure be picked up by the Republican Party and they start to run on it? I'm a little concerned with the fact I don't know where Kevin McCarthy is. You're living in Washington, D.C., is there even any murmur of what's going on economically to my country as it's being destroyed from within? You know, uh, unfortunately, in, in any of the interactions I've had with McCarthy's folks, uh, it, it is basically limited to the talking points. Now, granted, the talking points are pretty good, but we need to go beyond that. My goodness, the people uh, writing the laws of our country need to understand the issues, and they need to understand just how bad it is out there for the average American. And unfortunately, they, they show no sign of actually understanding these issues in any kind of detail, let alone the, the specificity that you just went into in the last 30 seconds. Well, I'll tell you what, EJ, I honestly think that the American people are being underestimated. I think there's more people aware of the destruction in the economy. I think there's more people of all races, of all genders that are starting to experience this. Is Washington getting a climate? Are they, are they kind of aware that we're unsettled, that we're unhappy? What is the, what is the pitch like when you do travel amongst the so-called Republicans? Yeah, but among the Republicans, the actual conservatives get it because they are not in any way uh, elitist. They they very much live very much live a normal life, but the elitists in the Republican Party do not. The, the so-called country club Republicans, if you will, have no idea what's really going on in the world because they don't experience it. They're isolated, yes. and as a result of that, they they are willfully ignorant. Well, EJ, I saw you kick out four articles over the weekend. I love the fact you work 
diligently hard. I asked my last uh, guest this question, but I respect your opinion because you are a gunslinger movie aficionado. Who has a better gunslinger stare? Is it Clint Eastwood in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, or Mitch McConnell after some sort of episode? Ooh, ooh. Well, first of all, I think it's Glitch McConnell, but that's okay. Um, I, oof. You know what? I got to go with Clint Eastwood, but maybe it's just the music in the background that's making yeah. me say that. Only Clint Eastwood, because even Mitch McConnell's wife will tell you, only Clint can finish. Thank you very much, EJ Antonio of the Heritage Foundation. John, thanks for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I don't know, Squirrel, you look at Mitch McConnell and you look at Clint Eastwood. If Mitch had a six-shooter on, I think Clint would have blinked, would have at least squinted. In the meantime, what the Democrats love to do is lie absolutely fraud the people they uh rewrite history now i know it's in order to steal the future but they want you to believe that america was better when there was government supremacists in office they're dead wrong whether the government supremacists were republicans or democrats the mediocrity they created is forgotten because we've rewritten history in this country some of the presidents that are touted by the left from FDR, the lying scumbag, not much of a picker when it comes to wives either. She was a dog-faced pony soldier, if I ever saw one, to Teddy Roosevelt, who was a fat fraud. They don't know history. So we're going to witness this real time as cream puff, Jim. What do you want to tell me about uh, that no. fat slob, no, Teddy Roosevelt? No. Here's what Teddy said about history. All right. History is between the men who possess more than they have earned and the men who have earned more than they possess. And he left no doubt who the winner was. He took the favorite. The people. How many Americans rem- know, in your opinion, I'm serious about this, how many Americans know about the 1907 economic calamity that Teddy Roosevelt and his policies of corruption called protectionism created do you think americans even are aware of 1907 well i would hope i would hope somebody must there must be somebody in the ether there is me and that that fat (laughs) government supremacist slob is in is working the glory hole with madeline albright in hell thank you very much cream puff jim see when it comes to government the people who have the best quotes normally are not elected the freedom from foreign entanglements the fact that we could devote our attentions to our domestic problems the free institutions promote an outpouring of initiative of innovation of invention in every area that's the achievement of the united states what is the basic problem of the united states today the problem is that we are threatening to strangle this promise by government interference. And that's exactly what we're living through now. None of what we're living through, the debt, the cost, the bankruptcy, the debt ceiling, none of it would happen without government backdoor nationalization of our economy. That's what they have. And when I say they, I'm talking specifically of government supremacists, Republicans and Democrats. They have mastered it. Where most Americans cannot imagine a time when the government was weak in its power, anemic in its presence, the way it was intended. Now it's normal to have these slip-and-fall, half-assed lawyers 
called politicians, come on and tell you they create jobs? They create debt. No jobs. Any job that's created by the government is a temporary, subsidized, corrupt pack with the problems in the economy, not the solutions. John and Palatine. Hey, Sean. Hi, John. Hey, I'm driving down the street, and I turn to my right, and, and my guy, I see uh, a 40-year-old-plus uh, white middle-aged, meaning not a, not a teenager, not somebody who's easily uh, con- uh, uh, convinced, wearing a mask. The mask is so big, she can't even see through the windshield, 90-degree weather, windows Good. rolled up. Is Good. it like that in Florida? No. If you do see anybody with a mask, you're in a bad area. Because that's what Democrats do. <laughs> there are Democrat identification badges. They're meant to be uh, uh, as a warning signal. It's like wrapping their car in a caution tape. Stay away from her. She probably can't drive. And she definitely, definitely will not make a right on red. She still thinks she has to sit there. Those are people who turn to their abuser for advice. Those are people who will vote time in and time out for the very Democrats that destroy the quality of their life. Now I wonder if they're going to recognize the fact that they are going to implement fascism again, they're going to double down on stupid and lie right to our faces. We know, we know that these vaccines work, right? We know when people stay up to date with their vaccine, that works. Uh, and so- Nobody would listen to this idiot anywhere except government. KJP, Sideshow Bob, the dumbest, most obvious affirmative action hire most Americans have ever seen could not work outside of government. Neither could Dr. Pickleface Fauci. Not in any town could this so-called doctor even be able to pay a rent, let alone a mortgage. And to their families. And again, we're not talking There's about forcing anybody to do anything. Totally understood. There is a perception out there by many, how many I don't know, that they don't work and that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go-round. Respond to that on masks. Yeah, well, that's not so. I mean, when you're talking about at the population level, that the data are less strong than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that masks work. Difference. So let me understand that society in general, it didn't work for. But for individuals, it did. And there's no doubt. How does he? How does he even say? I mean, how many Kamala Harris's are actually out there? Can you please put your clothes on? Studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it. But there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference 
He told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality surgical or cloth masks? Makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? We don't get beyond it. There's a fact and there's a lie. I love the masks. It lets you know up front exactly who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a willful, ignorant slave. Part of the problem, definitely not part of the solution. And they're going to double down on stupid, triple down on it, because there's money in it. You see, pickle-faced Fauci is a corrupt whore. It's all he's ever been. Pickle-faced Fauci wants the people to think he's actually a doctor. When there isn't a town, a hospital, any business he could have thrived in outside of government where he thrived. It was an elaborate cover-up and it began in January of 2020. There's emails between Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci in which Dr. Collins says this wouldn't be good for China. This wouldn't be good for science. He's a traitor. And so are the people who wear the masks to your beliefs of Americanism, to the principles. They're willing slaves. They're assets to the gangster government, the government supremacists. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. My man Squirrel informs me that we still are under assault from the mafia Democrat scum that support this traitor and thief, Joe Biden, and the American Democrat mafia. And they want us to call Enrico Tario. What did they call him, Squirrel? Tra- treasonous traitor. These are the Democrat scum that not only vote for their local half-ass, short-in-the-pants gangsters like the dailies that destroyed their cities, but these are the ones who vote for an asset of the communists and the oligarchs as they steal our money. And they call Enrico Tario, who was sentenced to 22 years, while not being at the most peaceful protest called an insurrection. Wasn't there 22 years because a Democrat scum judge who's been tied to the crime syndicate for decades abuses the authority she wasn't given by the people who believe in Americanism. She was given it in a Democrat sewer area, and that's the only place she could work, like Fauci. And the evidence that we've had for decades as to the treason Joe Biden has perpetrated, way back to when he was just a stupid senator, an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. It's irrelevant. The evidence, the cell phones, the aliases, they mean nothing. The step-and-fetch wannabe gangster, or maybe in that case an actual gangster, Somebody who sits in a phony truck, never gets out, calls himself a municipal asset. They're never going to be dissuaded from supporting the mafia. They will always step and they will fetch, regardless of the evidence. Peter, you broke a lot of this years ago uh, about the Biden family influence peddling. And you've got new information this morning, uh, breaking news on a cell phone that Joe Biden was using. Tell us about that. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. What is the line of communications between Hunter Biden and his business partners and Joe Biden when he's vice president of the United States? It's none not of it matters. Phone. He could have talked to Ihor Kolomoisky directly. And the step and fetch moron Democrat voter doesn't give a rip. He will gladly, like a, a communist in Havana, watch his neighbor stripped of his freedoms, of his assets. Because that's what they are. Gangster government supremacists. Scum of the earth. So he's banned, as they all are, on my media and from listening to the show. If they listen, they listen in the shadows like the roaches that they are, the cowards that they are. As I have given out my address numerous times when I'm there, and not a one of them shows up. They're cowards. Except when they wield the power of government. Then they're brave. As you see before you in the year 2023, a judge misuse the justice system to convict somebody who wasn't there 22 years for his right to assemble because he called himself a proud boy. Should have called himself a proud, of Amer- a proud American. That's what that organization should be called because they are political prisoners. And whoever becomes the president, if it's not part of the Democrat mafia, should free every single one of the heroes who rightfully protested the greatest election theft this country ever saw. And I don't care how many Americans they strip of assets and they put in jails because that's the same thing the fat-ass king of England tried to do. Same thing. Ultimately, freedom will win. Lee and Hammond. Hey, uh, hey, Sean. Hey, how familiar are you with the idea of jury nullification? I don't know. I, I'm familiar enough to say if you're a Democrat, you, you're not my peer. And sit your fat ass in a break room where you belong. Go ahead. You know, you know this, this country has a long history of people on juries, hanging juries, even if a person is technically guilty. If they think the law has been applied in a, in a, in a, a vindictive way, you know, like what's going on with these political trials. Here's what you know, Lee. You know why you can't live... For a jury to hang these juries, this is it. I I called my brother-in-law back in the neighborhood today, and him and his friends, they were making fun of me. "Ah, We're living in the ghetto. What I want to tell him is this isn't about money. This isn't about status. If you want the principles of Americanism, you cannot live where Democrats govern. You can't live there. Look at how they govern. Look at their justice systems. Look at the gangsters that walk around free. Look at the murderers that walk around free. Well, political prisoners get sentenced to 22 years. This guy could have could have been a gangster disciple and shot into a crowd. He'd be out on the street. But because right. he protested the most obvious election, he's going to sit in the cooler for two decades. You know what? They should just admit what they are. The fourth right, you know, the fascist scum, the Democrat mafia. It's outrageous. And you'll hear it spun on media as justice. You don't have to be the victim of a daily family member who killed a 90-pound weakling and became a millionaire working for uh, Rahm Emanuel's brother in California to realize that this is a gangster government. And the problem is, where there are Democrats, there is no law, only the bastardization of it. I'll be back in 21 hours.